testing one two Good morning, good morning. We're getting ready to carry out the ordinance of baptism. And of course, we're certainly delighted um, uh, for all of those that are joining us at this particular time. We have one young man that we're going to be baptizing this morning, and we want to give God praise for that. Amen. 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 It is time to start our worship service, so we're going to open up with a baptism today. And so uh, at this time, I'm going to ask that... Uh, Brother uh, Stephen uh, Sings will come into um, the pool, and we will baptize him. Thank you, Sherelle. For, appreciate that. Good morning, Brother Sings. First of all, uh, you come as a candidate for baptism. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you still want to be baptized and become a part of the Lord's Church here at the St. Paul Church? Amen. Amen. Kelly, would you start worship? Amen. The heavens rejoice when one is saved. Come on, let's bless God for a new addition to the family. There's someone who's been baptized this morning, snatched from the hands of the enemy. Wherever you are, let's just give God a little bit of praise. You remember when your life was saved? You remember when the Holy Ghost snatched you up out of the trap of the enemy? When you made some mistakes but God forgave you? Then this is your moment. Just press close to the Father and say, thank you, Lord. Is there a thank you, Lord, in the house? Is there a thank you, Lord, right where you are in your living room, in your house? But when God did it for you and God did it for our new brother, Brother Stephen, come on, let's just bless the Lord in this place. The Word of God says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We serve an awesome God this morning. Hallelujah. And you know what? It's church we are so excited to have some folks in the house and folks online and folks streaming we got folks on the screens you are all welcome in this place to this worship wherever you are just know that God is with you and we are connected to you now if you're on Facebook go ahead and share this to your timeline don't create your own viewing party and if you're on the church website you can just hit the invite button to invite people to share service with you and if you're on YouTube you can subscribe to our channel and then text that link to all of the folk in your contact book so we can all be in worship together wherever you are. 
are. Is that all right? Just a little business. Now, let's enter into the presence of God. It is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all. And to those who are missing your father, know that you've still got a Father God in heaven who is the Father of light who is watching over you. And those who didn't have a father, guess what? you got a Heavenly Father who's been nurturing and protecting and keeping you all of this time. So let us rejoice as we celebrate earthly fathers, the example of our Heavenly Father. This morning as we begin our corporate worship, we're singing the Comforter has come. So let's join in with the choir and begin our worship singing the praises of our God about the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, the gift of our Father come to protect and be with us always. Is that all right? Then come on, let's sing with the choir to the glory of God.
Amen. We are the recipients of the Holy Ghost. The Comforter has come for us today. Thank you, God, for our Comforter, our constant. Anybody over this year and a half of being home glad you got a little bit of comfort? Come on now. Home alone or home with the family, it's good to know that the Comforter is with you and in you and always present. We bless God for the Comforter of the Holy Ghost. Listen, we are so curious. We got some people in the house. We haven't had a bunch of people in here very often in a, in a year or so, but we are wanting to know where you are watching us from. Where are you joining us from? So wherever you are, just type in the chat box where it is the city and state that you are worshiping with us from so that we can make sure to give you a shout out. We are glad that you are in the house. Our scripture text this morning for worship is coming from the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter nine, and we're going to start with verse nine. I'm going to read from the new revised standard version. You follow along in whatever text that you have nearby, but wherever you are, open your Bible, pull out your smartphone, flip on your tablet and go to Psalm nine. And we're going to start with verse nine and read through 16. If you got to go ahead and say amen. All right. If not, it is going to be on the screen. Don't even worry about it. Psalm nine. And we're going to start with verse nine and it reads, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. Hallelujah. A stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples, for he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See what I suffer from those who hate me. You are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death so that I may recount all your praises and in the gates of daughter Zion rejoice in your deliverance. The nations have sunk in the pit that they made. In the net that they hid has their own foot been caught. But the Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their hands. And the people of God said, amen. The word of the Lord is powerful, true, and already blessed. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, oh, how we thank you. You have been our constant comfort, our keeper, and our friend. God, we thank you that you are yet and still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, so that everything that we face and we are surprised, you've already seen it, you've already handled it, and you know all about it, God. So we just come into your presence in worship this morning just to bless your name, God, just to come before you and hear from you, God. There's no voice as sweet as the voice of our Savior, God. And so we gather as one family, Heavenly Father, stretched across the airways, on the phone and on the internet, and even in the house to become one voice in one holy baptism, one nation, one family, blessing your name because you've been good. It's only you who have brought us thus far along the way, God. We thank you that we are all as a nation reminded to celebrate Juneteenth, the day that the last folks got the memo.
demo that freedom is not just reserved for according to your color of your skin, God. We thank you that you have been with us through many dangers, toils, and snares, and it's your grace that has brought us safe thus far, and your grace, your mercy, your strength, your spirit, your son, your hope, your peace, your love, your joy, your strength will bring us safely until our journey's in. So God, we gather in this place just to bless you, just to thank you for being our comfort when we've lost loved ones, for being our hope when the news seem grim, for being our all and all, our mother, our father, everything that we need, you have been. And so we give you glory this morning. We lay everything else aside to come into your presence and press closer to you, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed is your name. We give you glory because that's what we can give. We we can't give you all the riches. You own the riches. We can't give you all the stuff, oh God, but we can give you the glory that is due your name. And so we do, God, have your way in this place. Be glorified. Be pleased by what you see and what you hear and let everything that we offer you in our hearts, with our mouths, with our minds be a sweet sound in your ear, God, because you deserve it. You are worthy and we are grateful. We bless your name. We give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said amen. Amen and amen. Now, come on, let's worship and give glory to our God. Come on now, right where you are.
on, let's give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserves. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we move forward with our worship experience, let me just say we have the wonderful privilege and delight to uh, present to our church as the church continues to grow a brother that was baptized this morning. I'm going to ask the brother Sings if you would come forward. Let's give God praise as he comes forward. Amen. Man, you look as sharp, brother. You dress for your new birthday. Dress for your new birthday. Um, Brother Sings, first of all, I want to uh, present to you two things. And um, the first one, of course, is a certificate of baptism. Uh, it signifies and reminds you the day that you were baptized, your uh, birthing as far as the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned, of course. And I know that this is basically to uh, solidify within your being uh, that you have this relationship with God. And then also to give you a Bible. Uh, the Bible is the word of God. Uh, it's a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your pathway. I even heard someone say it's the constitution of heaven. Uh, but I want to present this to you as reminders, as your own personal landmarks about this commitment that you've made to Jesus Christ and to the church. And we are witnesses uh, of that commitment. So let me present this to you. Let me say congratulations on your new birthday. Go celebrate, my brother. Let's give God praise for Brother Stephen Sings. Amen, 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 amen. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here. We thank God for your presence. We thank God for you joining us in this worship experience. And as we move forward, there are just a few observations that I have before you. I'm not reading all this stuff Deb gave me today. Uh, but I want to uh, give a major shout out to um, our brothers and sisters who may be incarcerated in the Mecklenburg County Detention Center. We have established a partnership with them where we're able to broadcast to a capacity of 1,500 of our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated. We pray that today's word will be a blessing to you, and we are praying for you all. And with that, I want to give a major shout-out to Reverend James Burney and to Reverend D'Angelo Dia for coordinating efforts with the men's ministry, social justice ministry, along with others, to kick off our supply drive for the detention center. Uh, we were able to collect uh, needed items on yesterday to be a blessing to those who will soon be released and help them as far as their reintegration into society. So if you could give God praise for them. Uh, thanks to Reverend Peyton C. and all of those who participated in our worship experience on Children's Day last week, as well as to our academic resource ministry under the leadership of Dr. Sherelle Fuller and Deacon and Trainer Tanya Grimes for coordinating a fun end-of-the-year school drive for our youth and children. Let's give God praise for them for last week. Well, uh, President Biden has officially made Juneteenth a federal holiday, and so in, go ahead and give God praise for that. So in light of that, the office will be closed on tomorrow, and we will resume our normal office hours at 9 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Um, next Sunday, next Sunday is a very uh, wonderful uh, time that we're going to be 
engaging in uh, uh, acknowledging achievements for all of those who have graduated from high school, community college, um, college, as well as earning graduate degrees. Uh, we need you to register in advance to be a part of our worship summit uh, service next week. We want all of our graduates uh, who have graduated from those um, uh, places to, to be here. Our guest preacher for next Sunday will be the Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker. Uh, she is a sister that is doing great work, particularly uh, among millennials. And so uh, this worship service, hear me and hear me well, hear me and hear me well, it is for your immediate household. It's not for extended family, for your immediate household. What's your immediate household? Those who live in the house with you. Amen. I, you know, sometimes you just have to put the hay where the cows can get it. It's, it's those that live in the house with you, not folks from all over the country. They can view us on live stream, but this is for your immediate household, immediate household. They will be able to join you next week as far as worship is concerned. So please, ma'am, please, sir, fill out um, the, um, um, the form that will allow for you to be a part of our worship experience. Just also need to let you all know that the church, we're making a shift from our video conferencing platform. We're in the process of moving from GoToMeeting to Zoom. So starting this week, all of our ministry leaders who currently have accounts will be receiving an email to start the transition process. There's going to be a host training led by Sister Emma Dia and Brother Reginald Ross, along with some of our church staff. We hope this transition will be completed by the time we get ready to come back into the church and we're looking at coming back into the sanctuary on the first Sunday of August. So please, ministry leaders, look out uh, for that link. Uh, check your either spam mail or your junk mail if you find that you don't see it in your regular email. And uh, those are the concerns that I want to bring before you as far as uh, observations or concern. Uh, let me just also mention that on next week, for those who have earned bachelor degrees as well as doctoral degrees, that if you feel that you can wear your robe, bring your hood, I will do a rehooding of you in the worship service on next week if you so desire. So if I see you with your robe and your hood, we'll do a rehooding ceremony uh, because that's a wonderful, wonderful achievement. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, and I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend uh, Kelly Baptist will make preparation to uh, take us to the Lord in prayer. We want to lift up the family of Dr. Mac E. Ruff, the cousin of Deacon Deborah Reed. Uh, we also want to lift up uh, her husband, Deacon Prince Reed, who lost his sister as well. The family of Brother Larry Hoskins, uh, the husband of disciple Amelia Hoskins. We want to continue to lift up that family. Those services will be Friday, June 25th at the House of Rosedale uh, on Independence Boulevard. His funeral will be at noon. Service will be at 1. The family of Brother Horace McCory, the son of Disciple Darlene McCory Robinson. Um, his services are pending. And as soon as we get that information, we will let you know so that you can um, give that family support. Uh, as far as that's concerned. I'm going to lift up the family of Master Justin Oliver Caldwell, the three-year-old grandson of Sister uh, Linda Mason. His services were last week. 
family of Brother Charles Davis, uh, the brother of disciple Betty Oates, his services were last week as well. The family of Curtis Wood, the brother of disciple Reginald Woods, we want to continue to lift up Reggie and that family as well. As far as uh, our brothers and sisters um, who need uh, significant prayer at this time, we lift up Gina uh, Pettis-Dean, uh, who will be getting ready to have surgery today as far as her heart is concerned. We want to flank that family in our prayers. We continue to lift up uh, our predecessor, uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, as well as his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond, who are continuing to recover from their ailments. We want to lift up Deacon in Training, Thomas Fall, Rose Mungley, who, had, who will have surgery Friday, Ronald Robeson, Gloria Singleton, Reginald Stewart, Sadie Sturdivant, uh, who is in hospice care. We want to continue to uh, lift her up uh, in prayer. And we also want to continue to lift up Brother Anthony Farr, who had to be taken back to the hospital. And uh, of course, right now, his health is going back and forth. So we lift up his wife and his daughter uh, as well as the rest of that family. How many of you all know that the Lord can do anything but fail? Amen. Amen. The Lord can do anything but fail. So I'm going to ask the Reverend Kelly Baptist if you would take us uh, to the throne of grace and let's petition and bombard heaven with these concerns. <clears throat> oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. God, we come before you today as one family, Father God, thankful for your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, God, new mercies we have seen. All that we have needed, your hands have provided. So, God, we come together before you, lifting up those concerns, oh God, that have been placed before you, God. We come touching and agreeing because you said where two or three are gathered, there you would be in the midst, God. We prayer cover every family that's been mentioned. We prayer cover surgeries, God. We prayer cover those who have been suffering, God. We prayer cover those who are still dealing with bondage in their minds, God. We prayer cover those who are struggling with the first Father's Day without their father, God. We know that over half a million people are gone from the earth realm, oh God, since last year. And there are so many who are facing circumstances they have never seen before. So God, we come together, God, seeking you on their behalf. Touch the minds, touch the hearts, touch the families of those who are in need at this moment, God. Go into the hospital, oh God, and reach out to Pastor drumming and all of those who are yet preparing for their healing because you are still Jehovah Rapha our healer and we still believe God we pray in the name of Jesus that you'll continue the healing works that you're working because there are so many who have fallen to sickness but there are also so many who have risen from sickness God and we choose to focus on what you can do for those who you healed from cancer from those you delivered from the hand of the enemy from those who you healed of depression for those who you are touching and keeping every moment of the day, God, we give you thanks because we know if you've done it before, you can do it again. God, we just bless your name in this place because we know that where we can't touch, where we got to stay six feet away, God, you can get right on in the middle of the situation. You can get right in those hearts and bodies. You can get right in the midst of conflict, God, and do all things well. You are the God that has carried us through slavery. You have carried us through depression. You have carried us through racism. You've carried us through social injustice. You've carried us through sickness and bondage, and you have not brought us this far to leave us now. So God, we rejoice. 
faithfulness. God, we believe your word. We stand on your promises. And when we have nothing left to say, we'll just come into your presence, the Father of lights, and be comforted, be held, and be filled with the hope that comes from your Holy Spirit. Thank you for sacrificing your only begotten son just for us so we could have another opportunity to believe so that we could have another moment in your presence. God, we bless you, we praise you, and we thank you. And when you've done everything that you said you would do, we will give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We'll give you the credit. We'll give you our hallelujahs. We'll give you our shout. We'll give you our gratitude. Everything that is within us will continue to bless your name because you've been that good. We believe it. We receive it. And we know that it is so in Jesus' name. And we all sit together. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved for answering our prayer according to his sovereign grace and will. My brothers and sisters, uh, this morning uh, as we prepare to give, it is uh, one of those high marks, high moments as far as worship is concerned. And as we prepare to give, of course, I want to just let you know that uh, this is a part of worship. And uh, with that, it gives you and me the wonderful opportunity to partner with our God as far as doing the work of reconciliation and redemption. There are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. First is by uh, mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 uh, Allen Street. Um, and, and that's zip code uh, 28205. The uh, other way is you can bring your uh, check, cash, or money order to the church. Uh, just call the church. Make sure someone is here to receive it. And that number is 704-334-5309. You can also go online to receive, I mean, to uh, give your offering through our ACS or Church Life uh, app. You can give online. And then, of course, you can give through the app called Givelify. And so I want you to do me a favor, and for those that are here right now, uh, if you have your offering, if you would, uh, or however you're going to give, be it a physical offering or a digital offering, would you hold it in your right hand if you're able? We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Jerry, I'm going to ask if you could get your basket. And then for those who have a physical offering, we're going to ask that you would drop it in. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we first and foremost say thank you for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you. And God, for those of us who practice the discipline of giving tithes and offerings, we pray right now, God, that you will uh, bless our gifts according to your word. God, for those who may not be practicing that discipline but are giving something, we pray that you will enhance and increase their faith. Then, God, for those who feel like they don't have anything to give, show them where they can. And push them to do even better. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give, God, as we used to say back in Mississippi, turpentine their mind until they come to a better knowledge of who you are 
because we can't beat you giving no matter how hard we try. So, Lord, take these gifts of ours and multiply them in a Godful way so we could con do, continue to do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would, my, my, my brothers that are in the house, just hold up your offerings so that uh, our ushers can receive them. Just drop them in the basket. There you go, Brother Rose. Amen. Choir, come on. Bless us with your song as we prepare for the word of God.
Let's give God praise for our young adult. Praise Ensemble, thank you all for blessing us with your gift of, of song. Just a closer walk with thee. Way to work that arrangement, Scott. Amen. I want to finish up a series of sermons I've been doing over the last few weeks, sticking with God, and I've been preaching it from the same text, trying to turn that text different ways to bring out uh, different perspectives, and I hope that has been accomplished. Today, I want to call your attention to, again, Psalm 138, and uh, I'm going to read it today, though, from the message translation. Psalm 138 uh, from the message translation. Now, one of the things that I'm trying to do as far as our worship experience is concerned is to condition us to shift how we do worship. And what's that conditioning? Prior to the pandemic, we used to play to the in-house crowd. You drove worship. We now have to also be concerned about persons that are online. So to our online crowd, I want to give you a major shout out to all of those that are watching us on Zoom and Facebook and YouTube. I want to give you a major, major shout out. Thank you all for, for joining us. Psalm 138 from the message translation, these words are printed. Thank you. Everything in me says thank you. Angels, listen as I sing my thanks, I kneel in worship facing your holy temple and say it again, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. Most holy is your name. Most holy is your word. The moment I'll call out, you step in. You have made my life large with strength. When they hear what you have to say, God, all earth's kings will say thank you. They'll sing of what you've done. How great the glory of God. And here's why. God, high above, sees far below. No matter the distance, he knows everything about us. When I walk in the thick of trouble, keep me alive in the angry turmoil. 
With one hand, strike my foes. With your other hand, save me. Finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. I want to preach for the time that is mine. Praising God with a purpose. Praising God with a purpose. Amen. Again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are in the house. Many of you all I have not seen since last year. And it is so good to see you on today. Spirituality is where theology intersects with reality. In other words, what you think about God crosses where you are in your life and has a profound impact upon what you do in an expression to what you think about our God. We live in an age where people do not want to claim religion. Rather, they will make the comment how they're not religious but they're spiritual and they have a belief in God or somehow a power. But unfortunately, that cultural misnomer of claiming to be spiritual without religious or being religious, you fail to understand that your religion is the culture, that your religion may be the ways of the world because we must understand that when you say you're spiritual, my question is, what spirit are you talking about? Now, now, this all sounds good when you say that I'm spiritual and not religious. And while you may believe in a God or some higher power, uh, you don't want to be disciplined by God or you don't want to be corrected by God or you don't want to have devotion to God or you don't want to have an allegiance to God because you don't want God to require anything of you. Unfortunately, too many people uh, gather in moments of worship and in sacred spaces out of obligation and tradition rather than a faithful expression and current interpretation of how God is moving in our lives. Uh, this idea of obligation and tradition, while it is not bad, because it gives us foundation and building blocks, but we must understand that we have to worship God and praise God, not only out of obligation and not only out of tradition, but we must learn how to praise God and worship God for who God is. Because if we do it out of obligation and tradition with a disconnect from the personhood of God, your worship will become filled with weary and your praise will become purposeless. Our spirituality informs our worship. And our worship is dependent upon our praise. And so I'm here to let you know it's hard for you to praise someone or the God that you do not believe in. And you can't worship someone that you don't trust. And so I would contend that there are times on Sunday morning where people gather on Facebook Live, on Zoom, on YouTube, and 
even sometimes in the sanctuary, engaging in a praise with no meaning because they don't know who their God is. They don't know what their God can do. And the reason why some of us have a distorted spirituality is because we have a theology that is grounded in materialism that is undergirded by secular humanism rather than being rooted in God and centered by faith. How we view God is oftentimes how we view ourselves. And how we view ourselves oftentimes is how we will view the world and others around us. And this is what happens when your spirituality becomes distorted. What you think about God is really predicated more so on what's going on in your life rather than your life being dependent upon your God. In other words, you allow for your life to define how you worship God instead of worshiping God for who God is. And in you worshiping God for who God is, God will change your life. This is why too many people have issues when it comes to worship and when it comes to praise because we've allowed for our circumstances and our feelings to dictate our worship and our praise. The problem with too many of us when it comes to praising God is we feel that nobody can tell us how we ought to praise God. Well, I want to let you know, fathers, that on this day, that ain't true. While praising God has many forms and many functions, all the forms of praise have one thing in common. And here it is. Praise is always expressive. There is no such thing as expressionless praise. And therefore, all expressions of praise need to be demonstrated in an outward manner. For Israel, praise was easy because the Israelites were an emotional and expressive people. They weren't afraid to show how they felt about God, and therefore, celebration and exhilaration were parts of their worship expression. But some of us in 2021, be it on Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, or even in the sanctuary, would prefer to sit and soak in church rather than be active and expressive in their worship and their praise. And so I'm here to uh, scratch you where you don't want to be scratched, but I need to let you know that if your praise is going to have purpose and if your praise is going to be infused with power, it's got to arise from internal passion. And one cannot have passion for someone if there's not a relationship. And I can't praise God for real if I'm not in relationship with God. I cannot praise God for real if I don't have a heart for God. I cannot praise God for real if I don't have passion for God. Uh, I cannot praise God for real if, Reverend Baptist, it ain't personal. But, but wherever there is passion that is undergirded by 
purpose, then praise will never be a problem. But, but it has to be a choice because even when I'm led in worship, I can make suggestions that can lead us in praise, but you got to make the choice of whether or not you're going to accept it. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? This is why praise is important to our relationship with God. I want to suggest that there's a subversiveness behind our praise when it is filled with passion and predicated upon a purpose. You and I should never give God praise just to do it. There ought to be a reason, a purpose behind a tangible expression of our praise. Because when you and I praise God, we are acknowledging God as our heart's true home. And when we turn our thoughts and affections to God, and we remember how God has won our acclaim, then praise will have the power to encourage the praiser to see and celebrate the care and the keeping power of God and express adoration and thanksgiving to Jehovah for his tender, loving, mercy, kindness towards each and every one of us. In other words, real praise is nothing more than a favorable opinion of who God is and what God has done. Now, now, there's one thing we must understand when it comes to the issue of praise, and, and here it is. God does not need our praise. Let me say that again. God is so, so God assured in who God is uh, that your praise does not make God anymore God. As a matter of fact, God was good and cool before you and I ever popped on the scene. And God is going to be good and cool when we leave off the scene. In other words, you and I don't add anything to the godness of God. But, 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 but God uh, uh, desires and deserves our praise even though God doesn't need it. God is still going to be God, despite us magnifying God, glorifying God, honoring God, praising God, and worshiping God, God does not have an ego problem where God has to be stroked by a fallen humanity in order to build up God's esteem. That's us. We're the one that got to have approval from people in order to feel like we're somebody. But when it comes to God, God does not need our approval. God desires our approval. God wants our approval. But God doesn't need our approval in order to be God. And that's our issue. God is going to be God whether you praise him or not. God is going to be God whether you worship God or not. God is going to be God whether you thank God or not. God is going to be God whether you show gratitude or not. God is God and beside God there is no other. Some of us in 2021 have become so uncomfortable when it comes to praise because we're not accustomed to giving praise recklessly. Uh, we think we're too dignified, too sophisticated, too erudite, too intelligent, too educated, too rich to celebrate God with the totality of our being. Uh, some of us, and especially we as men, we can become too self-conscious because we've been told that men don't do all that shouting stuff. 
We're told that we as men, uh, fathers, we don't do all lifting up hands and praising God. But I've been to enough football games, and I've been to enough basketball games, and I've been to enough sporting events to tell you that men know how to praise. Uh, don't look at me, suspect brothers. Don't look at me crazy because when you go to the, uh, 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 when you go and see the Charlotte Panthers play their football, you don't sit in your seat with your legs crossed and your arms folded. But when they score a touchdown or when they get a first down, brothers that don't say nothing in church will be giving the Panthers glory and honor. But I'm here to let you know that if you can shout over Christian McCaffrey, if you can shout over the defensive line, if you can shout over the cornerbacks, if you can shout over the running back, if you can shout over the quarterback, you ought to be able to shout and give God praise because guess what? The Panthers didn't wake you up this morning. The Panthers didn't start you on your way. The Panthers didn't give you health, life, and strength. The Panthers didn't put food on your table. They didn't put clothes on your back. They didn't put common sense in your mind. They didn't put joy bells in your soul. But if you know what God has done for you, you ought to be able that if you can give the Panthers a shout, you ought to be able to give our God a shout. I want to suggest I, I, I want to suggest, I want to suggest, this is what David does in Psalm 138. D David is making an affirmation uh, in the midst of all kinds of troubles and oppositions and problems and apparent evidence to the contrary that he should praise God. Despite what David had experienced, David has come to the wonderful conclusion that God deserves David's praise in front of everybody with the totality of his whole heart. David says, I will praise you with my whole heart. This means that David does not care who's watching him. David does not care who's going to judge him because David's praise was for Yahweh, not the crowd. And yet David offers this praise to God because David loves God. David's telling the reader, listen, I don't have a problem giving God praise with my whole being. That is, I don't have a problem giving God praise with my mind. I don't have a problem giving God praise with my hands. I don't have a problem giving God praise with my feet. I don't have a problem giving God praise with my voice. I don't have a problem giving God praise in my dance. Now, I need y'all to understand that David was a man's man, and he had no problem expressing praise to his God. As a matter of fact, David was telling us that I'll praise God with everything that I have. And David understands something that a lot of us don't get in 2021, that when you relinquish your praise to God uh, however the spirit of God leads you you will find yourself being ushered into the very presence of God uh, where you need to be and when you're ushered into the presence of God it ain't for the purpose of socializing it ain't for the purpose of fraternizing it ain't for the purpose of playing a dating game it ain't for the purpose of gossiping and signifying or trying to make a business contact that when you gather into the very presence of God it's not to be seen by some man or woman, boy, girl. It is simply to let the Lord know I am happy to be in the service one more time. 
I, I want to suggest, I want to suggest that even as we look at creating and forming what we call the digital church, the church that is physical as well as digital, even as we engage in worship, uh, uh, be it in the house or be it on the screen, uh, how we engage in worship, be it in your bedroom, your living room, your kitchen, your dining room, wherever you may be right now. I'm here to let you know that when you gather with the people of God, uh, be it at 1401 Allen Street uh, or at your house. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? It ought to be so that you can experience uh, the transforming, the liberating, the redeeming, the forgiving power of God because we are reminded, God, I feel like preaching this thing, uh, that the Lord uh, inhabits uh, the praise of his people. I, I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I want God to hang out uh, with me because I need God to continue to do some work on me. I, I need God to hang out with me because I need God to continue to do some work in me. I, I need God to hang out with me because I need God to do some work around me. I need God to hang out in me because I need God to do some work for me. And the Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord give him praise. Am I talking to anybody in the house that ain't afraid to testify, especially brothers, that you feel like you are about to lose your ever-loving mind? You didn't know whether you were coming or going, but somewhere within the psyche of your existential reality and your ontological being, oh, I'm sorry, my words are too big, somewhere within your life, as you were dealing with some stuff in your body, your mind became activated, and you just hollered out, thank you, Lord. You just said, glory to God. You just said, Lord, I'm going to bless your name. And is there any brother that's in the house that ain't afraid to testify that when you gave God praise, God showed up, and when God showed up, he, he, he showed. He showed up. What should be our purpose for rendering praise unto a loving God? What, what, what purpose is behind this praise thing? I, I want to suggest that first of all, as you praise God, it's going to have an effect on you. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that makes praise personal. Can, 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 I, can I walk the text? Look at verses 1 through 3. Uh, 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 this, this praise is personal. Uh, David is offering praise unto God for God's continuing love and God's faithfulness. And, and it's God's continuing love and God's faithfulness that gives David strength to endure what he's got to face. Since my praise a lack thereof, really does not move God only, then that means it also has an effect on me. And the reason why I say that praise does not move God only is because if that were the case, God would never do anything for some of us because some of us don't praise God. Uh-oh. It's getting real quiet in here. Let me say it again. If, 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 if God only did things contingent upon our praise, some of us would have been dead 
a long time ago because some of us feel like we don't have to give God praise and some of us don't give God praise, but I'm glad that he looks beyond my fault and, and, and he sees my, 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 my need. If, if God was dependent upon my praise, then the quality of God's day would be dependent upon the quality of my praise, but the quality of God's day ain't dependent upon the quality of my praise because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, but you and I are not the same. And this is why we need God's stabilizing presence in our life. Our life is like the stock market, up in the morning and sinking fast by the evening. Somebody's going to say something that will make you want to cuss them out. Somebody's going to do something that will make you become mean and nasty and cruel. However, I have discovered that it's real hard to cuss somebody out when you're singing the Lord's song. Uh, uh, unless you're just that demonic. It's real hard to want to hit somebody when you're lifting up your hands in worship. Unless you're just really that demonic. It's real hard to be vindictive when you're giving God praise about who God is. Uh, uh, it's real hard to want to focus on your enemies and what they're doing uh, rather than focusing on the God who is keeping you and blessing you because your focus is no longer on the folks who have wronged you. Your focus is on the God who keeps doing right by you even though you don't deserve it. God's presence in your day is more than important. That's why the psalmist says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it when God is with you because you've created an atmosphere in where God desires to hang out. Your day is the day because of God's making no matter what happens. And through your praise, the presence of the Lord invades your reality and lets you know there is nothing too big and nothing too hard for our God to handle. You got to be able to say, Lord, help me to remember that there is nothing coming my way that you haven't already seen. There is nothing coming my way that you cannot handle. There is nothing that I got to deal with that by the power of the Holy Ghost, you can't help me to overcome. Uh, uh, this, this, this is what you're really trying to say to the Lord. I, I, I remember, I remember, I remember uh, fathers that, that uh, 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 one of my uh, interesting movies that I like to watch uh, back in the day was a movie starring Clint Eastwood and he's famous for this role Dirty Harry Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry yeah, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry and, and I believe the name of the movie uh, 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 back in the day was Sudden Impact and there's a scene, there's a scene, uh, there's a scene, Brother Cobb, in that movie where, where Dirty Harry walks into a diner just to get some coffee and he discovers a robbery in progress. He discovers a robbery in progress and he kills one of the robbers in a shootout. However, one of the robbers survived takes a waitress as a hostage at gunpoint and while he's pointing the gun to the waitress's head, the robber threatens to shoot her. He threatens to kill her. But instead of backing down, Dirty Harry, played by Clint Eastwood, points his 
44 Magnum, point blank range at the man's face, dares him to shoot and says with clenched teeth and that rough growl, go ahead and make my day. You just missed your shout cue. That's what you're doing when your problems come your way and you begin to give God praise. That when the enemy is throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink, your praise allows for you to say uh, with a smile on your face, go ahead and make my day. Your weapon is not a revolver. Your weapon is not a knife. Your weapon is not your fist. Your weapon is not taekwondo or some other form of karate. I'm here to let you know your weapon is your praise because when you give God praise, you are summoning the powers of heaven to come down and handle your mess. And what you are saying is, God, go ahead and make my day. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? If you have been fired, you say to God, God, make my day. Give God praise and watch God turn your firing into another hire. If you're depressed, I dare you to give God praise and say, God, make my day. And won't God give you a sense of joy even in the midst of a blue funk? If you're lonely and you feel like you're by yourself, I dare you to give God praise and say, God, make my day and you'll discover the presence of the Holy Ghost and you will see that our God is a company keeper. If you're going through sickness and you don't know how to make it, I dare you to give God a praise and say God make my day and won't God give you strength to get up when you feel like staying down. Won't God touch your body from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Won't God send you a heart and a kidney when you least expect it. Won't God deal with your cancer? Won't God give you strength to overcome whatever you're dealing with? Do I have any brothers in the house? I know it's Father's Day, so can I just talk to the daddies in the house? Do I have any fathers in the house that ain't afraid to say, God, make my day? Won't God bring that wondering child back home? Won't God help your spouse act right? Won't God help you act right? Won't God forgive you of your sin? Won't God make a way out of way? No way. Brothers, can y'all help me to preach this thing? I know you got your mask on, but somebody holler out, God, make my day. That's what Paul meant when he said all things work together for the good of those who, who love the Lord. Let me, I got to finish the sermon, y'all. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and th- there's something else about praise uh, that blesses me because when I look at verses four through six, I discover that one day the powers of this world are going to have to give God praise. That, that's, that's, that's when praise becomes political. Woo! Oh! Oh! You're missing your shot. Let me me say that again. That's when praise becomes political. Uh, We're living in a time where world leaders, governmental officials, politicians, don't don't necessarily have a reverence or 
or respect for God? Yeah, I said it. And, and, and I'm standing on good ground. Putin has no reverence for God. No, 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 he ain't got none. Uh, uh, some of these world leaders have no, your former president didn't have a reverence for God. I, I'm, I'm glad, uh, and I'm going to digress for a moment. I'm, I'm glad that we at least got a president in the White House who goes to church regularly. Not, not, not occasionally, not, not for some photo op. Uh, President Joe Biden is a Catholic. And, and I need to let y'all know, for those of you all that have warped ecclesiology or warped church understanding, Catholics are saved. Catholics believe in God. They just do it different from us Baptists. But our president is Catholic. And he goes to mass often. But, but here's my, my issue with the Catholic Church. Um, that there's a group of Catholic bishops who want to withhold communion from President Biden simply because he believes that a woman should have control over her body. Uh-oh, y'all getting real quiet on me. That, 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 that he believes that, that a woman should have a voice over her body. He, he believes that, that, that what goes on between a woman and her body is between her God and her doctor, and she has to give uh, basically a reverence to her God and give account to her God one day for whatever she does with her body, even when it comes to the issue of abortion. But this saves the same bishops who want to withhold communion will allow for a pedophile to serve communion. I didn't stutter. I did not stutter. My voice is not wavering. They, they will allow for a priest who mess with little boys to serve communion and then try to cover up what has happened to those little boys. Well, Mr. President, if the Catholic Church don't want to give you communion, whenever you come to Charlotte, make your way to 1401 Allen Street. We'll make sure you get bread and wine. I don't digress. Let me, let me, let me, uh, 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 let me, uh, 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 look at this transition. There's a move from impacting you personally uh, to prompting politicians to give a shout. What makes kings and queens, presidents and potentates, prime ministers and governors, representatives and senators and city councils and commissioners to praise God? Because God knows some of the stuff that I see taking place politically with both the Democrats and the Republican parties may demonstrate that somebody need to do more than praise, they need to go to prayer. 
What, 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 what is prompting a praise from the kings and queens, the politicians of our reality? It is when they hear the words of God and when they see God's glory. Kelly, I'm going to preach out of my socks today. These stewards, these managers, the keepers of powers and principalities must understand that your power, uh, that your strength doesn't come from you. That, 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 that it comes based upon what God has allowed for you to have. Woo, can, can I do some good teaching for a moment? Uh, 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 uh. You got to understand that powers and principalities may be good, but yet they're fallen. And they're in need of redemption. Yet when kings and queens and presidents and potentates and governors and senators and representatives and mayors and city council persons and county commissioners, you can't redeem the power structure. You can't redeem the systems of this world. Theologian, one of my favorite writers, uh, Walter Wink, reminds us that powers may be good, but they're fallen. And fallen people cannot redeem fallen structures. Fallen people cannot redeem uh, fallen systems. That's why Isaiah wrote that one day a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And the government (laughs) shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, can I show y'all that I got a little education? Can I show y'all that I went to school? Those that are watching me on Zoom, can I show you that, that you don't have a dumb preacher? Uh, philosopher Thomas Hobbes got it wrong when he argued the necessity of governments because people are cruel and mean and need protection from each other. He was wrong in that. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Swiss philosopher, got it wrong when he argued people are born good and institutions and structures and systems make them evil. However, institutions socialize people and inspire them toward a common good. He got it wrong. God knows uh, Karl Marx the father of modern day communism. He got it wrong when he argued people are good, but capitalism makes them bad. But we know that communism can make folks bad as well and lead to alienation. But I'm here to let you know that capitalism cannot make us good. I'm here to let you know that socialism cannot make us good. (laughs) I'm here to let you know that Marxism cannot make us good. I'm here to let you know that nationalism cannot make us good. I'm here to let you know that socialism cannot make us good. Fascism, all the isms cannot make us good. They cannot redeem the system because they come from a place of human ingenuity. But I'm here to let you know that when you know who God is, God says one day I'm going to establish a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, I'm, I'm here to let you know that one day we shall be under a theocratic rule. What is theocratic? That ain't nothing but a $10 word. That means that one day God is going to show himself mighty and strong. 
and God is going to reestablish the essence of who he is, not only in the heaven, but also in earth. That's why Paul said that God has given him a name that is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know about anybody else, but y'all, whenever you say that Jesus Christ is Lord, that is political. Can I help you just for a moment? Can I bless at least eight brothers? I'll make nine in the house. Can I bless at least ten fathers? I'll make eleven in the house. Uh, you can bow down to bow to Biden, uh, but I'm bowing down to Jesus. Uh, you can say, yeah, Putin is a man, uh, but I'm bowing down to Jesus. Uh, I like my mayor, uh, Sister Vilaus, uh, but I'm bowing down to Jesus. Uh, I appreciate our member, George, uh, George Dunlap, as chair of the county commission, but I'm bowing down to Jesus. Uh, I ain't bowing down to no senator. I ain't bowing down to no representative. I ain't bowing down to no prime minister. I ain't bowing down to no governor. I ain't bowing down to no president. I ain't bowing down to no king. I ain't bowing down to no queen. I am bowing down to the God of the universe, to the Lord of Lords, to the King of Kings, to the great I am. I'm going to bow down in worship and praise to the Lord who keeps me, who blesses me, who sustains me, who corrects me, who loves me, who graces me, who forgives me, who puts up with me. Do I have any fathers in the house today? that ain't afraid to admit uh, that you will bow down to your father who art in heaven. Let me get out of here. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get out of here. Uh, uh, my time is about up. Finally, as, as you praise God, it activates the power of God in your life. Watch this. This is a perfecting praise. Look at that last part. Finish what you started in me. That's perfecting. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. Praise invites God to do good things for you and to do good things in you. God enjoys showing out in our lives. Now, some of y'all sitting down, you're going to get back up. <laughs> I'm here to let you know that God wants to show you what he's working with. And so there's this subversiveness to praise that worldly-minded folks just don't get. There's a subversiveness to praise, Pierre, that carnal-minded Christians don't understand. Um, I love music, and um, just like music on the radio or on your smart device can sometimes change your mood, praise has the ability, Scott, to change your mood. But not only can praise change your mood, I'm here to let you know that praise will change your situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and Frankie, I see you on Zoom, but I want to let you know that David knew something about praise. That, that's why David is credited with writing over at least 
of the Psalms. Because y'all, what do you think David was doing when he was getting ready to fight lions and bears and Goliath? He was writing praise songs. What do you think David was doing as he was making preparation in obscurity to face Saul, his son Absalom, and the Philistines? He was writing praise songs. What do you think David did when he messed up with Bathsheba and put Uriah on the front line and didn't treat his daughter Tamar right when she was raped by her brother Amnon? He started writing some songs. Uh, he wrote songs uh, of uplift. He wrote songs uh, of providence. He wrote songs uh, of forgiveness. He wrote songs uh, of praise. And uh, I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I'm glad uh, that David wrote some songs. Uh, I'm glad, uh, yeah, can I let my Mississippi come out? I'm glad that David wrote some songs because in my own strength, I lack the capacity, Woody, to write the songs that David wrote. I lack the inability to put pen to parchment and write what David wrote when he faced atrocities and adversity. But I'm glad that the psalm writer was able to capture it. And even though I didn't write it, I could show enough, say it. And do I have any fathers in the house that know that David wrote some good songs? And do I have any fathers watching me live stream? They ain't afraid to write that David wrote some good songs. Do I have any sisters that's watching us live stream and in the house? They ain't afraid to admit that David wrote some good songs. That when you're faced with enemies and betrayal, that when you're faced with life's ups and downs, that when you're faced with heartaches and heartbreaks, you can say like David said, fret not yourself because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they soon shall be cut down like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. If that ain't good enough, when your way gets dark and you don't know how you're gonna make it, you can quote Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, shall come upon me, they shall stumble and they fail. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing that I desire of the Lord, that I may seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me 
in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me and now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies around me I will offer sacrifices of joy I'll sing praises unto the Lord and if that ain't good enough for you when you don't know how you're gonna make it and you don't have no food on your table when you don't know how you're gonna make it and you don't have clothes on your back when you don't know how you're gonna make it and you don't have a job to go to I dare you this morning to call on Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Uh, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Uh, He restoreth my soul. Uh, He leads me in the path of righteousness uh, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, can I get some brothers to help me praise them? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I see somebody saying all this praise stuff ain't nothing but a bunch of mess. All this praise stuff don't mean nothing to me. We live in a real world with some real problems. We live in a real world with some finicky folks. How praise gonna help me? Pay off my mortgage. How praise gonna help me? Stop my kids from running with the wrong crowd. How praise gonna help me? Keep my spouse at home. How praise gonna help me? Deal with pain in my body. How praise gonna help me? When they garnish my check. How praise gonna help me? When folks are using me. How praise gonna help me? When I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need some relief. I need some help. I need some hope. I need some power. I need some strength. But can I preach this the way that I feel it? If you don't believe that praise can change your situation, ask Jehoshaphat what praise did when he was faced with Moabites, uh, the Ammonites, uh, and Seir, uh, they were getting ready uh, for battle, uh, and instead of taking up uh, slingshots and arrows, uh, uh, the Bible says uh, that they were told uh, to bring forth the Levites. Who were the Levites? Uh, They were the men uh, that led the people in praise, uh, and here's where praise, uh, the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever and ever. It wasn't a casual praise. It wasn't a fake praise. It was a real praise. And the brothers got serious. And God showed up. And God showed out. Is there anybody here that ain't afraid to admit the battle is not yours? It belongs to the Lord. 
So what you're waiting for, what you're sitting for, give God praise in the midst of your problem. Give God praise in the midst of your pain. Give God praise in the midst of your perplexity. Give God praise in the midst of your predicament. Give God praise with your funky personality. Praise God because you believe him. Praise God because you trust him. Praise God because you want to please him. Praise God because you honor him. Praise God because you obey him. Praise God because you can't live without him. Praise God because you need him. Praise God because he's faithful. Praise God because he's your power. Praise God because he's your strength. Praise God because he's your source. Praise God because he's your God. Praise God because he's your savior. Praise God because he's your redeemer. Praise God because he's your liberator. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let the redeem of the Lord lift up your hands. Throw back your hands. Open up your mouth with your mask on and give God praise because he's worthy. Give God praise because he deserves it. Give God praise because he desires it. Give God praise because he's worthy of it. Give God praise to magnify him. Give God praise to glorify him. Give God praise to edify him. Give God praise to worship him. Give God praise to bless his name. Give God praise. 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 Let everything that hath breath pray. Yeah. The Lord say yes. Say yes. Say yes. just for a moment ask all the men in the house that ain't ashamed nor afraid to just give God 10 seconds of praise there's a sound of praise that the men make that is awesome and desirous come on brothers come on brothers do your mass bless his name come on brothers do your mass give God praise come on We're getting ready to get out of here. Getting ready to get out of here. But before we, before we do that, we want to give an opportunity right now for 
any person that may be in the house or watching us to have a relationship, a connection with the God of creation. With the Christ of our humanity. With the Holy Spirit, our comforter. You can have that relationship right now. Yeah, you can. You, you can. You can. You can. You can. I want to lead you in a prayer. Prayer of new life. Prayer of brand new start. Prayer of forgiveness. And if this prayer connects with you, this prayer connects with you, I'm going to ask you to make a decision for Christ or the church. There may be someone that, as we say this prayer, you're praying it for the very first time and you're establishing a relationship with God. For somebody else, as we pray this prayer, you already know who God is through your faith in Christ, but you're not connected to a church. And for the most part, we've been in our church for at least, here at St. Paul, almost 16, 17 months. But you can join us even virtually right now. And so as you're here right now, if you would just repeat this prayer after me. God, I want to know you by placing my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe you sent Jesus to die for our sins on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. I want to live for you. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. As you lift up your head right now, you prayed that prayer. You meant that in your, your head and your heart. You meant that in your mind and your spirit. You want a relationship with God? It's yours. It's really that easy. Is it really that easy? Yep. And so right now, if you're in the house and you prayed that prayer and you want a relationship with God, I, I want to invite you to come down. If that's you, you know you need God in your life for real. I want to invite you to come down if you're here. Or if you're watching us online, this is what you could do in response. If you prayed that prayer for real, I want you to do if you would, on Facebook or on our website, type in salvation in the chat, chat box when our digital minister is going to reach out to you and let you know what next steps may be. If you're listening to us on YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave a number where we can reach out to you or an email address, of course, where we can contact you and we'll let you know what next steps are. If you're listening to us on telephone, um, call us at church office at 704-334-5309 or email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave your name and a phone number. By 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will be in contact with you to let you know what you need to do. If you're listening to us 
or you watched us and you said, hey, pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of my sin, but I don't have a church home. Well, guess what? You can join the tribe here at St. Paul. You can unite with the St. Paul family, even virtually. If you're here in the house and you don't have a church home, you heard our, our call to reach out to fathers who wanted to come and be with us in worship. Uh, whether you are a member or not, you signed up, you decided to come. Uh, but you don't have a church home. If you want to come down, I, I'll take you in right now. If you're watching us online, you can email us on YouTube. Uh, email at connect.spbcnc.org. If you're watching us on Facebook or on the website, type in connect in your chat box. Type in connect. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are. Or if you're watching us, or listening to us rather, on the telephone, uh, call us at the church office, 704-334-5309. Leave your phone number and your name. Somebody by 5 o'clock will contact you. Will there be one? 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 Amen. Amen. We might be having somebody joining us virtually online or anything of that sort. Amen. All right. Let's give God praise. We're getting ready to leave this place. Fathers, it's great to see you. I pray you will have a wonderful, blessed Father's Day today. Thank you for joining us in worship. We will, we're making the, uh, uh, going through the process of planning to come back in on the first Sunday of August. First Sunday of August. First Sunday of August. We're looking at coming back in. And um, we're laying out how that's going to roll. Amen. So as we prepare to have the benediction, after the benediction, this is what I need you to do. I would love to shake your hand, but right now it still ain't cool and safe enough to do that in a very accommodating way. So I need you to follow the directions of the ushers. Immediately head out. You can fellowship outside. Take the mask off, fellowship outside. Amen. Uh, not in the vestibule, but outside on the sidewalk. Amen. Uh, so you can do that. Brothers, I love you all. I thank you all for being here. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. Only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Brothers, if you would, make your way immediately out. It is so great to see you. I can't wait to see you all again real soon. God bless you all. God bless you all.